We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors, like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream, are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings, or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. Happiness usually tops the list of things we wish for, especially as a new year gets underway. A lovely thought, to be sure. But just how do we find happiness? Is there a secret? Well, it turns out, at least to hear some experts tell it, happiness can be yours for the taking. Susan Spencer shares the surprisingly simple secret of happiness. We get to ask questions about... Psychiatrist Robert Waldinger has good news about living a good life. You can start right now. Is it ever too late to be happy? No, it's not. (laughs) And I can tell you this from our research. The secret to happiness. Hundreds of thousands of pages. Wow. From a man who has spent decades studying it. Coming up on Sunday morning. Jim Axelrod this morning is talking with billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban, a man whose latest project, a low-cost prescription drug program, is really taking him into shark-infested waters. Come on, Mark. Mark Cuban's path to becoming a billionaire started as a kid knocking on front doors in Pittsburgh. Hi, my name is Mark. Do you use garbage bags? If you just call me every time you need garbage bags, they're only $6 per hundred. I'll come and I'll just drop them off at the house. His moxie made him enough money, he says, 
to pursue something other than the next dollar. The capitalistic reward comes from having an impact. Where Mark Cuban's vision is focused now, later on Sunday morning. Our Seth Stone will be catching up with Michelle Yeoh, an actor who seems to be doing everything, everywhere, all at once. She's having a moment that's about more than just her. I have so many of the Asian community going, I see myself on the screen. I see myself being represented. Already famed for her stunt work, now Michelle Yeoh is stretching as an actor and otherwise. Okay, I want you to try this. Okay. Come on. Okay, fine. Then we'll try to keep up okay, ahead this Sunday morning. All right, go. <laughs> well, okay. And ever wonder just how it came to pass that today is National Sunday Supper Day? Luke Burbank has an answer that may surprise you. Plus a story from Steve Hartman and more this Sunday morning for the 8th of January, 2023. And we'll be right back. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. A recent study proclaims happiness is the goal most people aim for but can't attain. With Susan Spencer, we go in search of happiness. This tight-knit group of New York City potters puts a unique spin on something we all desperately want, happiness. Is it true you call this your happy place? I feel very free when I come here and I am creating, no one's demanding of you. It's really been a a place of meditation and friendship. 
Thank you. Marion Benedek, Casey Rice, Helen Chardak, and Susan Shapiro have been taking ceramics classes together at the 92nd Street Y for almost a lifetime. Who's been here the longest? 1971. 1971, Richard Nixon was about to be elected. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I came about 81. I've been doing ceramics probably since 1995. I retired in 2000, so I guess 2001. I'm the oldest one here and I'm the most newbie with <laughs> regard to clay. But what binds them is much more than clay. It's something intangible. You get a sense of belonging. And in the belonging, there's security, there's intimacy, there's shared experiences. We met four women who for decades have done ceramics together. They call this their happy place. Is that happiness? It could be happy in the moment-to-moment -moment sense. It could also be meaningful if they feel like they are connected to these other people. Boston area psychiatrist Robert Waldinger says there is a formula for happiness, and he's happy to share it. Happiness falls into two main categories. One is that experience of being happy right now. Am I happy talking to you? And yes, I am. And in another hour or so, something annoying might happen, and I won't be happy. <laughs> you might right? still be talking to me. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Then there is a more enduring kind of happiness. Basically, the feeling that life is meaningful, that life is worthwhile. What keeps us healthy and happy as we go through life? Dr. Waldinger, whose happiness TED Talk has been viewed some 44 million times, heads up the longest study ever on happiness. So what do we have in here? This is our data room. This wow. is where we keep the hundreds of thousands of pages of information. These are all the people who participated in this study. Over 84 years. Participants in Harvard's study of adult development have been answering questionnaires since 1938. Today, the project includes their children. Questions are on everything from sleep to sex to coffee consumption and well beyond. Has anybody famous been in your study? Yes, and I can tell you about them because it's already public knowledge. Otherwise, we keep the identities confidential. But it's John F. Kennedy. Was in the happiness study? He was in this study. And Ben Bradley, editor of the Washington Post. And what do we know about their states of mind from this? I can't tell you. <laughs> Why well, is this so secret? It's secret because we ask people to tell us very personal things about their lives. And in exchange, we promise them privacy and confidentiality. So What's example, not secret is the study's key finding, mapped out in his new book, The Good Life, published by Simon & Schuster, part of our parent company, Paramount Global. Happiness comes, you guessed it, not from money, looks, or fame. True happiness comes from meaningful human relationships. How do you measure a relationship? We think all relationships have some benefit. But the three o'clock in the morning relationship, the person you could call if you were really hurting or in trouble, we think everybody needs one of those. At one. least one. At least one, right? But you could be a shy I'm person. I'm counting, you know. Yeah, well, and we, we asked our original participants, who could you call in the middle of the night if you were sick or scared? 
Some people could list several people. Some people couldn't list anybody. And some of those people who couldn't list anybody were married. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> this is far from just an American problem. Over 300 million adults in the world today live in total loneliness. John Clifton, CEO of Gallup, says its latest polls show loneliness is a major reason that global unhappiness is at an unprecedented high. We're not happy. That's correct. We are experiencing more stress, more sadness, more anger, more physical pain, and more worry than we have in the history of Gallup's tracking. In a recent book, Clifton argues for action, writing that leaders should make their citizens' happiness a top political priority, right up there with, say, economic growth. Worldwide, he does point to a few bright spots. If the way that you define happy is how much fun people have, then the happiest people in the world live in Latin America. And I think they also have shown us the power of social connections and having great friendships. Is it possible to teach someone how to have more friends? It is. It is. <laughs> in fact, Danielle Byer Jackson does it for a living. If we don't have a supply of really good friends after college or around college age, are we pretty much doomed? Oh, not at all. As long as you can make it a priority to have one daily meaningful social interaction, you can make a friend anytime. Jackson is a professional friendship coach. She says relationships can take a lot of work and even more time. There is research that finds it takes about 50 hours to make a, an acquaintance, um, about 90 hours to make a good friend, and 200 hours to make a best friend. Uh, so we've got to clock those hours. <laughs> and as these four friends happily will tell you, it's well worth it. Can you imagine uh, just suddenly not having this happy place? No. 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 Mm -mm. No, it would be a huge hole, really, in my life. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amiga. Empathy is our best policy. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Pursuing one's passion. How American. Well, your mother is very open-minded. Not like here, where parents are obsessed with shaping the life of the children. That's Michelle Yeoh in the blockbuster movie Crazy Rich Asians. Fact is, blockbuster films seem to be Yeoh's stock in trade. She's been in no small number over the years. Seth Doan talks with Michelle Yeoh. I do all the roundhouse kicks and all the, whether it's the side kicks, 
the back kicks. It's and not so a I just typical morning routine. And just do the shadow boxing by myself. In your bathroom? In my bathroom. Every morning? Every morning before I go to work. That work showcases Michelle Yeoh's physicality. Be it mesmerizing battle scenes in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or daring stunts as a Bond girl in Tomorrow Never Dies. I know this much. And she packs that intensity into a simple line of dialogue in Crazy Rich Asians. You will never be enough. Now, after decades of acting, she's getting more recognition than ever. Time magazine named Yo Icon of the Year. She's been nominated for a Golden Globe and is considered a frontrunner for an Oscar nod for her lead role in the trippy Everything Everywhere All at Once. Let me finish talking with my husband. He needs to know how good my life could have been. Is it true that the part was originally written as a male lead? That it was yeah, it was written for Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Yes, because he texted me and he said, hey, congratulations on your film. Do you know your directors came to look for me first? I said, yes, bro, I you know. know. And so then I said, you're lost, bro, thank you. <laughs> it's quite an odyssey for a ballet dancer from Malaysia who saw parallels in her training. Moving, you know, like in dance, you go one, two, three, one, two, three. In martial arts, like one, two, three, four. <laughs> she found a way to cut her own path into film via 1980s Hong Kong martial arts movies. Now in Everything Everywhere All at Once, she plays an unlikely universe-hopping superhero. I hadn't read anything that was so original. It really had everything and everywhere I wanted to go as an actor. You play so many different parts mm -hmm. in that yes. one role. A completely different person, completely different role. But how is that as an actor? What are the mechanics of switching like that? Challenging. The film requires both mental and punishing physical acrobatics. The actor, famous for doing her own stunts, starts each day with a sort of meditation apology. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. This body takes a lot of bumps and bruises, so that is my way of saying thank you to it. So all these kind of things... She showed us her stretching routine, which starts before she gets out of bed. It's like, you must know your body. At 60, Yo seems to defy aging but was still surprised to get this role. It was amazing to, to think that at this point in my career, because, you know, it's like the older you get, they see you by your age rather than see you by your capability. But, she says, the directing duo known as the Daniels saw it differently. They thought, you know, she can do this. If anybody can in our industry who can fight, who can be funny, who can, you know, be dramatic and sincere and all those kind of things, we believe Michelle will be able to do it. And to receive that, you don't know how joyful. It touches you. Yes. Why so deeply? It's like... When someone gives you the opportunity to show what you're capable of. Yeah. <laughs> you thought that that wouldn't happen at this point in your career? 
Yes. You've had a rich career. Oh, I had a spectacular career. But you know, you don't want it to just slow down or end because you have gotten to a certain age, and you know you start getting scripts where the guy, your hero, is still in his fifties, sixties. You know, some even more, and then. They get to go on the adventure with your daughter, and then you go like, "No, come on, guys, give me a give me a chance because I feel that I am still able to do all that." Yeah. Yo also pushed back against being cast as the damsel in distress early in her career. Look at me! Look at me! <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I. Kind of wince sometimes when I'm watching you do these things. Me too. I go like, oh, what was I thinking? There were close calls, injuries, and in 1988, after marrying movie producer Dixon Poon, a brief retirement. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to be a good wife and find something else that I could、um, embark on. But then、um, I think the the biggest issue was because I couldn't have kids, and I knew that this was a family who needed kids. And it was a choice. A choice to leave the marriage. How hard was that? Well, it's it's devastating, you know. But it is it is life. <laughs> Now I have godchildren. I have beautiful godchildren. They are like my extended family. Friends, kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Family is important to you. Oh, the most important. Ali, when you buy that food. Yo introduced us to one of those friends in Paris at his three Michelin star restaurant, Guy Savoie. There's French style and Italian style,、mm -hmm. and this one is Italian style. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Italian. I like style. the Italian style. <laughs> you prefer Italian style? Absolutely. <laughs> me too. Me too. Guy Savoie became a friend through Yo's partner of 18 years, Jean Tot, a prominent French motorsport executive and former Ferrari CEO. You both have big careers. It must be hard to. No, I think、intersect. you find you find time, and I, it becomes more precious, right? So when you are together, it's fabulous. Together, they champion road safety programs for the United Nations. She's wonderful. I'm sorry we don't get to meet you. Todd, who was traveling, video called several times while we were shooting. <laughs> what I love is he is what you see is what you get. And、uh, he's very straightforward. He's very honest. He's one of the most loyal person I have ever met. You see, I'm a road sailor. Yo had just <laughs> flown to Paris from L.A., but we never saw the star fuss over lighting or makeup. She calls her schedule insane, but good. You go where the work takes you, and I think that has always been my wish as well. It's like I I want to have a kind of job that takes me and let me visit new places, meet new people, and I guess I got my wish because you know. <laughs> you know me, I always make that he she in Chinese just one word. Another wish is to carry others with her, which made this latest role so appealing. Anyways, my English is fine. What I found so beautiful was it was giving a voice to a very ordinary woman, aging immigrant woman, who's never really had a voice before. You know, it's 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 hard being looking like this because I have a lot of Asians who come up to me and say, "Thank you for doing this," because now I see it's possible for us to be there. 
So it is, it is very important because what we're giving to all the Asian faces is that we're not invisible. She's hardly invisible today. Yes, that's both a responsibility and something to relish. It's so fun. You know, now when I go on the streets and the younger kids, you know, they're shy, but they'll walk up and say, we think you're cool. Can we do a picture with you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Ever hear the expression, every day's a holiday? Well, that's quite literally the case these days, given the growing number of made-to-order holidays you can find almost any day of the year. 1,500 of them, but who's counting? Our Luke Burbank, for one. As we launch into a new year, some clarification might be in order. National Lima Bean Respect Day, which falls on April 20th, is not actually a national holiday. Neither is National Talk in an Elevator Day, July 28th, or even the much-beloved National Taco Day, October 4th. What these so-called national days are, really, are largely the invention of this guy. I've always had a love of celebration, and I was digging around about where National Popcorn Day came from and couldn't find any real information. Yes, Marlo Anderson of Mandan, North Dakota, was curious one day about the origins of National Popcorn Day, January 19th. So he started keeping a blog called the National Day Calendar, which these days has grown into the sort of official decider of those often weird days you see people celebrating on Facebook or hear them talking about on morning TV. It's National Oatmeal Day! I love it. It is National Dog Day today. Today is National Receptionist Day. You know, the first month there was like a thousand people that came to the website. Six months we had a million people in the month come to the website. And I'm like, this is really interesting. Working from this small building in Mandan, Anderson had been running a video conversion and computer repair business. But then the calendar took off. We actually had a meeting about two years after starting this about whether it should go away or continue on because it was stressing the company. We were really starting to get stressed here because of the hundreds of phone calls, thousands of emails for something we're not getting paid for. Anderson decided to go all in on the calendar. After all, National Have Fun at Work Day is January 28th, creating a system whereby people can suggest new national days online, which is where Amy Monette and Doug Phillip come in. So what is a really big day? National Pizza Day. Pizza Day. Hot Dog Day. Beer Day. This day is already in existence. Amy and Doug are part of the team at National Day who vote on what does and doesn't get a spot on the calendar. I'm sensing a theme here. A lot of it is food related. We have a lot of food days. Donut Day. Are people just looking for an excuse to eat a donut? I think people are looking that, for an excuse just to have some fun. I want to just also make sure I understand this. You don't have any governmental authority to do this. Absolutely not. <laughs> the government, of course, has the 11 actual national holidays we're all familiar with. Welcome, everybody. On the National Day calendar, oh, there are also sponsored days in which a company pays money to have a national day declared for its product, which makes business sense to someone like Kim Francis. Hi, everybody. I'm Kim Francis. Spokesperson for the Checkers and Rallies chain of restaurants. Do you account for National French Friday and make sure that you have enough 
stuff, basically? We do, we do. You know, in an average year, we, we can sell us up to 135,000 pounds of French fries per restaurant. But National French Fry Day, we absolutely plan weeks in advance to make sure we have plenty of fries to satisfy the demand on National French Fry Day. That's how impactful it is. Checkers and rallies had actually driven their Fry Love Express to Mandan, North Dakota on this day to celebrate the amazing news. <laughs> National French Fry Day was being moved from a Wednesday to a Friday, which was a total natural. Get it? Fry? Day? Locals lined up for the free food, but seemed largely unaware these national days were getting decided just down the block. Do you know that that's all getting picked here in Mandan? No, no. Yeah, like a block from here is the headquarters. Are you ever in a conversation with someone or your friend or whatever, and they're like, hey, guess what? It's National Wine Day. Let's, like, have some wine. Yeah, yes. Or, like, yesterday was Grandparents' Day, and I was for sure going to post Happy Grandparents' Day to my mom and their grandparents. So, yeah. Which seems to be why this National Day calendar thing has taken off. Because we can all use a reason to reach out to a sibling, April 10th, or eat a blueberry popsicle, September 2nd, or, you know, step in a puddle and splash your friend day, which is just around the corner on January 11th. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. He's a billionaire entrepreneur with quite a story to tell. Jim Axelrod has a Sunday profile of Mark Cuban. Is it impossible to stay connected to what most people would think of as a normal life? Yes and no. I mean, Always looking to unlock hidden value. It's not like my friends are rich, they're not. Multi-billionaire Mark Cuban. At the same time, if you're jumping on a plane and it's your plane, apparently finds none in either shy or retiring. The owner of the NBA's Dallas Mavericks, whose unrestrained dress-downs of league refs have cost him millions in fines. Obviously, I'm incredibly impressed. A panelist on Shark Tank for the last 13 years. Rule number one, I'll teach you. Don't over-negotiate. 550 for 11%. Done. Done. You got a deal. Five million dollars to build his factory. The kind of guy who loved playing himself on HBO's Entourage you know what's going to happen? Mark's going to make Gordon Gecko look like Mary Poppins. I will never forget this. Cuban, 
Neither will I, Turtle. Is one high-functioning multitasker. <laughs> but these days, if you want to know what's grabbing his attention... As big a potential disruptor as this space has seen. That's the goal. Check out his latest venture, Mark Cuban's Cost Plus Drugs, that aims to change the way we fill our prescriptions. How much of your head is Cost Plus eating up right now? About 99.99%. Financial, emotional, intellectual, all that bandwidth is going to Cost Plus. Prescription drugs are a half a trillion dollar market in the U.S., Cuban wants more transparency into how prices are set, an opaque and complicated process, he says, that's largely controlled by middlemen. Cost Plus deals directly with manufacturers and consumers, offering more profits for those who make drugs and lower prices for those who take them. Let me make sure I understand this. Uh Cost? You see it. Plus 15% for you. Plus $3 pharmacy fee. Because the pharmacist needs to get paid, and then $5 shipping if it's mail order. Simple. Simple. Cost Plus Drugs offers 1,100 medications right now. Mostly, but not all generics. Like atorvastatin, the generic of the cholesterol drug Lipitor. Retail, $5,508 for 30 pills. Cost Plus, $3.60 for the same amount. When I was in my 20s and my 30s and my early 40s, it was all about how much money could I make. But at this point in my life where the next dollar that I bring in isn't going to change my life, my kids' life, their kids' lives, the capitalistic reward comes from having an impact. At the age of 64, Mark Cuban's been focused on the next dollar for close to 50 years since he was a kid in Pittsburgh. Selling garbage bags door to door, selling magazines, selling candy door to door. You did all that? All that. Hi, my name is Mark. Do you use garbage bags? If you just call me every time you need garbage bags, they're only $6 per hundred. I'll come and I'll just drop them off at the house. Once you're a salesperson and you know how to sell, there's nothing you can't do. That salesmanship developed alongside a certain toughness in his working class Jewish home. The first time I ever got into a fight, some kid walked up and just punched me and started calling me a kike. And of course I had to beat the hell out of him, but I go into my dad and saying, What's a kike? Every generation has a reason to have fear, but every generation has a reason to have hope. He took those qualities with him to Indiana University, along with a penchant for risk-taking and thinking outside the box. Did you buy a bar before you were old enough to drink? Yes, Motley's Pub. That was the first time I had to try to get things organized and actually run a real business, and I realized I wasn't that good at it. There were a lot of mistakes that I made. After graduation, he worked at a bank, That lasted nine months. Cuban had too many other things to try. Watch your hand. One last push here. Like acting, grabbing parts in a bunch of B-movies. Who's Rachel? His first big money came at the age of 30, selling a software company he built called Microsolutions. While still not ready to settle down, I netted about $2 million after taxes. I bought a lifetime pass on American Airlines, and I'm not going to work. I'm just going to party like a rock star in as many countries as I can. His ever-churning mind was focused on and investing in the emerging sector of technology and computers. My net worth just kept on going bam, 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 along with that. By the time I'm 35, I was worth, you know, $15, $20 million. Life was good. Millions became billions when he and his college buddy, Todd Wagner, also now living in Dallas, wanted to listen to Indiana University basketball games on their old campus 
900 miles away. So I go buy a computer, upgrade my phone line, downloaded Netscape software for a server, and started looking at different alternatives to try to put audio and eventually video on the internet. Nobody was doing it at the time. We were the first. I feel like I'm listening to the origin story of streaming. It is the origin story of streaming. There was nobody doing it. Nobody. People thought I was an idiot. He wasn't. You sell to Yahoo. Sell to Yahoo for $5.7 billion in stock. It was the craziest thing ever. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I could be worth a billion. I was ready to retire when I had two million, <laughs> you know? If you were worth a tenth of what you're yeah. worth, you would be just as happy. Yeah, of course. One percent of what you're worth. Yes. If I have my same family and everything, for sure. And the people who say that's easy for him to say? Yeah, of course. But if you talk to my friends from back then who are still my friends, they'll tell you I've got stuff. But hopefully I haven't changed all that much. We took him up on his idea to talk to his oldest pals. The big man, Bofi, Toda Pro, and Stu. Getting them together at a lunch spot in Pittsburgh. He said, if you ask the guys I grew up with, I am the same guy. Different stuff, same guy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. A little more full of it, but not, not that much more full of it. But still the same guy. A little bit. Same guy, meaning what the world sees of Mark Cuban now, they saw first, then. We got into stamps. I like to collect stamps, and Mark expressed an interest in stamps with the stamp show. We need to go in with $20. I come out with some stamps, and Mark would come out with $100. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that, it's amazing. It's like, how did you do that? Inefficient markets. You look for inefficient markets. Yeah. You buy them on the second floor and sell them on the first floor, right? Basically. Pretty much, yeah. Which is how he got to shooting baskets. That's all we need. We're done. <laughs> on a full court in the backyard of his $20 million plus mansion. It's two for two for anybody scoring it. Yeah, we'll stop right there. Where he lives with his wife and three kids. My son gives me a hard time if I'm missing. I'm like, come on, Mark. A guy who's been draining them from deep for decades now. What did you know about running a professional sports team when you bought the Mavs? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Dallas Mavericks he paid $285 million for 23 years ago are now estimated to be worth more than $3 billion. But remember, this is a guy looking for hidden value. The connection to your customer is stronger than anywhere else. You don't get requests from Make-A-Wish to sit down with a software programmer. A man who understands the role of good fortune in creating his great one. Do you walk around every day feeling like, man, did I get a good deal of the cards? Yeah. How does this happen to me? How do you explain it? I can't. Life is half random. There's half you have some level of control over and half it is what it is. If I was born five years sooner, not during you know, the early days of the internet, you might not know my name. And I'm gonna never take it for granted and enjoy every stinking moment of it. Steve Hartman has a story that can only be described as grand. To 11-year-old Jude Kofi of Aurora, Colorado, this surprise was music to his eyes. Obviously, whoever said the best things come in small packages was never gifted a grand piano. Jude's father, Isaiah. So one day it just shows up at the house? Yes, all for free. Who does that? The answer in a moment. But first, the reason. About a year and a half ago, Jude's dad heard a noise coming from the basement. There was an old keyboard down there, 
but no one knew how to play it. Certainly not his autistic son, Jude. Or so he thought. Isaiah then got Jude a larger keyboard to see what more he could do. And boy, could he do. The kid never had a lesson. No one taught him any of this. How do you explain that you're as good as you are? It's a miracle. You think it's a miracle? That's what I prefer. Bill Magnuson prefers that too. Is he special? He's beyond special. He's Mozart level. It's coming from somewhere beyond. Bill is a piano tuner. He saw a local news story about Jude, heard him play, learned how his parents immigrated from Ghana, how they're raising four children and sending money back to Ghana. What resources are left over to help this special little soul? Yours. Yeah. Using an inheritance from his father, Bill bought the piano, spent $15,000. He has promised to tune it once a month for the rest of his life. Very nice. And he's even paying for Jude to get professional lessons. We're family now. Somebody to just love your son like that by making sure that his future is secured. We are super thankful. Yeah. Press the pedal. Caring for other children as your own. The defining note of humanity. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. Guess what? Josh and Blue are back with a new podcast that is sure to tickle your preschooler's earbuds. Let's guess who with Josh and Blue. Anytime could be game time, at home or in the car. Here on a game show. So you both can get in your thinking chairs or car seats and guess the guests together. Oh, buck it up, everyone. Blue and all her friends are here for you. <laughs> Listen to Let's Guess Who with Josh and Blue wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And, and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly oh well that's good yeah i expected i expected you to lay into me well this was over the strike period oh i had time yeah See, that, that does that doesn't count <laughs> sure i responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment yeah and i felt like i had something to get up for every yeah. day so thank you for that listen to the late show pod show with stephen colbert wherever you get your podcasts <laughs>